Please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you doing today, my friends? I just want to remind you, An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. And there you're going to find access to our social networking pages. You're going to find articles about the topics we discuss here on the podcast. You're also going to find access to our private chat boards and our private chat rooms, all free. So if you get a minute, go over there, www.famousapple.com, check it out. And if you want to reach me by email, you can send an email to admin at famousapple.com. That's admin at famousapple.com. So how you doing today, my friends? You feeling good? Feeling strong? How was your week? Did you have a good week? Hey, we've had less rain this week than we had <laughs> than we had in a long time. On a serious note, I want to send my prayers and thoughts out to the people in Hawaii. They're suffering now from a from a hurricane. They're getting 40 inches of rain in one day. That's unbelievable. So please keep the people from Hawaii in your thoughts and in your prayers, as well as still the people in California with the wildfires going on. What's going on around here? It's crazy, crazy. We got a good one for you today, my friends, a really good one. Uh, some information, we've got an update from Social Security Disability. We've got uh, an article, very interesting article, about something that could help control your, your glucose you know, if you're a diabetic, you know that's important. You got to control those numbers there. So we're going to get to that in a minute. We got a couple of letters that came in and I'd like to read them and just give them a couple of answers if you'll allow me. Uh, the first one is from Dolores in Virginia. She writes, hi, Jimmy, I'm on disability. Is it hard to change doctors? The ortho doctor that I go to is nasty, and every time I go to an appointment, I have to wait at least two or three hours for the appointment. Two or three hours? That's ridiculous. I'm only on Social Security Disability for seven months, and I don't want to cause problems with my benefits. Please help. Well, Dolores, first of all, remember one thing. Medicine is a business, Okay. Forget all that nonsense that they told you in grammar school and high school. Doctors don't have a special calling other than the fact that they want a big bank account. It's the bank accounts that are calling them. Not saying that they're bad. That's part of the business. But you have every right as the customer or patient, whichever title you, you, you want to use, to take your business elsewhere. I mean, here, let's look at it like this. Suppose you went to the butcher shop and... You're waiting online in the butcher shop. Now you're waiting and you see it's going on to 15 minutes. So you say something to the clerk behind the counter. They said, well, there's an emergency. We'll get to you as soon as we can. Next thing you know, you're looking at you're there for an hour. To, would you stay at the butcher shop for two or three hours? I wouldn't. 
you have every right to bring your business elsewhere where you're going to get the service that you want and you deserve. So don't feel bad about changing doctors. You're allowed to change doctors. You're not going to get penalized by Medicare or Social Security for changing doctors. But on the flip side of that, you don't want to be changing doctors left and right. Now, in the case like what you're saying, that if it's always a two to three hour wait, I would have changed doctors after the third time. But you know, if it happens only once or once in a while, you know, you got to give you got to give the doctor a chance too. With God, you know, granted there are emergencies that they have to attend to. So I wouldn't be so quick just to jump. But if you're telling me that every time you go there, every time is two to three hour wait, I would have left them in the dust, like I said, after the third visit. That goes without saying for me. But, you know, you don't want to keep changing doctors. You know, give them a little leeway to. You don't want to keep changing doctors because you want continuity and care. You don't want to have to start all over at a new doctor because every time you start with a new doctor, it's like starting all over again. So don't let them walk on you. This nonsense about two or three hour wait. I, I heard a story about a doctor that used to book six, seven patients all at the same time and just take them on a first come, first serve. So they they book seven patients for an eight o'clock appointment and then take them as they come in. And the, the last person that comes in at eight o'clock, say, he could be waiting there until 11, 12 o'clock in the morning because all those other people are ahead of him. I don't play like that. If I make an appointment, I want my appointment at the time that I'm going. I'll give them a little bit of play, 15, 20 minutes, but I'm not going to sit in the waiting room for hours. That's not going to happen. So yeah, you can change doctors. You can change doctors and just... Make sure you make the right choice. You know, test it out in the beginning. You know, as soon as you as soon as you go, find out the first time you go. If it looks like you're getting held in the office again for another two hours, ask the nurse, is this normal? If she says, well, you know, it happens, then you might want to look for another doctor. If she says, no, this isn't normal, the doctor had an emergency today, all right, so you give them the benefit of the doubt and you try it out. But yes, Dolores, you can change doctors and there's no penalty. All right, the next question comes from Jerry in Connecticut. He writes, Apple. I love when people just say Apple. Apple, can I skip a doctor's appointment? Will I get in trouble if I skip doctor's appointments? I hate when I get a one o'clock appointment because it wastes my entire day. Please let me know what you think. Jerry. Well, Jerry, if you're sick, if you're disabled, you need the doctor's appointment. <laughs> There's no question about it. If you get it at one o'clock in the afternoon, well, that, that sucks to be you. One o'clock in the afternoon it is. But you have to go to your doctor's appointments. Now, there's reasons that people skip doctor's appointments. You know, I've, I've had to skip because, well, unfortunately, I had a death in the family at one time. And I had to skip pre-surgical testing because of that. You know, so there's reasons to, to have to skip. But just to skip because it's a sunny day and you want to go down to the beach. You know, what that, that kind of smacks to me like you might be exaggerating things as far as your disability goes or... The devil may say it, but uh, you, you might be lying. You might be lying. You might be pulling and milking this disability just to get time off for the summer. I don't know. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying this is how it looks. So in my opinion, yes, you have to keep your doctor's appointments. Here's another reason. When you get that checkup letter from Social Security, you, you know, the one that comes every two or three years, it's going to ask you, when was the last time you were at a doctor? How many times have you been to a doctor since the last time we checked up on you? And if you're going to say, well, I went once or twice in two, three years, your disability might not be that as bad as you're saying it is, or it may have gotten better, which is a good thing. That's a real good thing. So, Jerry, if you're disabled and 
you have doctor's appointments, keep them. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. What are you going to say? I'm disabled. I got a doctor's appointment, but I can't go because I got to work. What? At the work. <laughs> one of the nurses at my doctor's office said to me one time, one of the funny excuses that she ever got for someone canceling an appointment, they called up, they had a doctor's appointment, this is at the family practitioner, they can't come because they're sick. <laughs> Why the hell wouldn't you go to a doctor when you're sick? Ah, craziness, craziness. But Jerry, yes, you got to go to the doctor. Yes, you got to keep your appointments. Don't be foolish. All right. I got one more letter here. This one here is from Doug. He's in Florida. It says, Jimmy, any suggestions on how to answer people, for example, family and friends, who think that since I'm home on disability, I never have anything important to do and should just be available to them 24-7. They make plans for me without even asking if I'm free. Any suggestions? I always feel like I should do as they say. Doug. Well, Doug, the first thing I'm going to tell you, and take this in the spirit that it's meant, uh, grow a pair. You're an adult. You have every right to say no. See, some people feel guilty because, you know, they, they say, well, these people do things for me and I don't want to let them down. And that's very nice. That's, that's, that's a nice way of thinking, to be honest. But you have to make people realize that just because you're disabled doesn't mean that your mind stopped functioning, that you don't have hobbies that you want to do, or maybe you're just tired. You know, you are disabled. You do have to get rest. You do have to get exercise. I mean, there's so many things that you do have to do as a disabled person. You can't just be at the beck and call of everybody 24-7. Example, I got a friend of mine. This guy will call me at seven o'clock in the morning, say, what are you doing? Well, I was sleeping, <laughs> you know, uh, oh no, I just figured we could talk. I'm on my way to work. What? First of all, you live seven states away. Why are you calling? Don't you have any family or friends you could talk to there? Why are you calling me? I'm going to keep you company on your way to work in the morning. Do you think I have anything else to do at seven o'clock in the morning? Like, uh, I have two dogs, I have a cat, I have a bird, the dogs have to go out, the dogs have to get fed, the cat has to get fed, my wife has to get off to work, but I'll just sit here on the phone and talk to you because you called and want me to talk to you. It doesn't work like that. You just say no. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not telling them I don't want to be your friend anymore or anything like that. You're just saying, look, I got something else to do right now. Um... Give me a call later on if you're free or give me a call on your break if you're free. Uh, they got to understand that your life isn't like an open book now for anyone just to fill in the pages. Your life still has writing on its pages. You still have things to do. So, and that goes too for family. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love I love family and everything like that. But you're you're still a human being. You're still an adult. Hey, maybe you don't want to go to your cousin's house. Maybe you don't want to go to her brother's house, or you don't want to go to his brother's house, or who, whatever. You just say no. I really don't feel like going. And then if they give you this, oh, well, you're gonna make me go by myself type of deal. No, you should have asked me because I had a the things planned for today but if you can go and you know you want to make your your spouse happy then you go but if you have things planned don't be afraid to tell people look i got something else planned today you know you're not there for the at their beck and call and yes they help you but are you demanding that they help you if you are if you're the type of person that's saying you have to get me this get me that get me this get me that hey 
Don't be surprised when they give you the same thing back, like, get dressed, you're coming with us. You got to be independent. You got to be a little bit independent as much as you can. Not not for them, but for your own sake. Keep your own mind active and your, your, your life. You know, you got to, don't let your life start to dissipate. Keep keep a solid keep a solid being about you. You know, just because you're disabled doesn't mean that you don't exist. Just say no. If you can, if you don't want to go somewhere, just say no. If you can go somewhere and you don't mind going, say yes. But don't let people bully you into having to go someplace that you don't want to go. Or don't let people make you put your stuff on the back burner for everybody else. Like my friend there calls at 7 o'clock in the morning because he's got an hour and a half right to work. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what, buddy? I do a podcast. Listen to my podcast if you want to hear my voice. <laughs> Download the podcast. Play it in the car. You want to call me on your way home? If I got nothing to do, I'll keep you company on your way home. There's times where I have things to do. And people have to realize that. People have to realize when you have things to do, you have to be able to do them. So, yes, Doug, it's okay to say no. Stand up for yourself, buddy. Thanks again for the letters, guys. Keep them coming. You know, they may be helping you, but it's also helping a lot of other people who just don't know who, who to ask these questions to. And maybe they weren't even thinking about it, but now after hearing your question, they're, they're thinking about it and you're helping them out. It's helping everyone in our community. So please keep them coming. And remember, you can send them to me at admin at famousapple.com. And if I don't know the answer, I'll definitely look it up for you. So let's move on here. We're going to move on to a memo that came out from Social Security Disability titled Compassionate Allowances, Five Conditions Added to the Fast Track. Quickly and accurately processing disability claims is important to us. It's through this commitment to you that we use the Compassionate Allowances Program to help us identify and fast-track cases where people have diseases that are most likely to be approved for disability benefits. On August 20, 2018, we added five more conditions to this essential list. Additions to the list allow us to ensure that those of you with qualifying disabilities can quickly receive the benefits that you need. Under the Social Security Act, we consider you disabled if you can't work due to a severe medical condition that is expected to last at least one year or result in death. More than 500,000 people with serious disabilities have been approved through the fast-track disability process, and the list of conditions is currently at 233 and growing. This list includes diseases such as pancreatic cancer, ALS, and acute leukemia. The Compassionate Allowances Program hurries the help to those with the most severe conditions. If you have a friend or family member that have a severe condition, please visit our Compassionate Allowances website for more information about the program, including a list of all the Compassionate Allowance conditions. Now, I do have that website is, hope you have a pen. It's www.ssa.gov forward slash compassionate allowances. That's www.ssa.gov forward slash compassionate allowances. When you go on that page, just look on the right, uh, the right side of the page, it'll say list of conditions and click on that. It'll bring you to the list of 233 conditions that are covered under that program. And that's pretty good because any of any of us that have been on disability for any length of time, you remember in the beginning, you had to jump through hoops and you, know, you could be dying waiting sometimes. And this social security disability has improved the system. And I think it's great. It, they're, 
always looking for ways to make it easier for the disabled person. So that's a positive. That's definitely a positive. All right, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this little thing that you can buy in the grocery store for less than three bucks in the produce department that you can eat that can help you to control your blood sugar. And we're also going to talk about how to tell the difference between a bruise and a blood clot. You'd be surprised. Okay, we'll be back in 30 seconds. See you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute. Go over, visit www.famousapple.com, but please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. See that? 30 seconds. It's like a miracle. It's so quick. Did you miss me? I'm sure you did. (laughs) I missed you. Anyhow, welcome back to the second part here. And now we're going to discuss, I I have an article here about how to tell the difference if it's a bruise or a blood clot. This is very important, especially the fact that we're disabled and a lot of times we're more sedentary than most people. So I just thought this was an interesting article. It's good to keep in mind. And uh, here, just listen up. It says, blood clots and bruises both affect the blood vessels, but they have some significant differences. A bruise is a noticeable mark on the skin that generally resolves itself over time. A blood clot is a, is a clump of blood that is formed in deeper tissue or within the blood vessel and is rarely visible. A bruise often forms while the outer layer of the skin is still intact and it changes color of the visible layers of skin. The change in appearance is due to tiny blood vessels called capillaries bursting in the area. The skin may continue to change color as the bruise begins to heal. Blood clots can also result from damage to a blood vessel. When an injury occurs to a blood vessel, such as damage from a cut or impact from a blunt object, blood leaks out of the blood vessel into the tissue around it and forms a collection of blood that often clots, which is called the hematoma. A blood clot can also occur inside the blood vessel, in which cases doctors will call it thrombosis. A blood clotting problem in the body can sometimes be the cause. In other cases, high blood pressure, diabetes, and other conditions can damage the lining of the blood vessel, resulting in a thrombosis forming. Differences in bruise and blood clot causes. Bruises and blood clots can both be the result of damage to the blood vessel. However, the causes and symptoms can vary. Causes of bruises. Bruises typically occur after an injury such as a hard contact with an object falling down or breaking a bone. These type of injuries can cause blood vessels in the skin to burst. Bruises can occur anywhere on the skin. The burst blood vessels leak blood, which becomes trapped and discolored beneath the surface of the skin, forming a bruise. The black and blue appearance of the bruise comes from the lack of oxygen in the trapped blood, causes of blood clots. 
Blood clots are part of, of the natural process of healing an injury. Damage to an area causes coagulants in the blood called platelets to collect, clump together near the injury, which helps stop the bleeding. Small clots are normal and disappear on their own. However, some blood clots become larger than necessary and form in places where there is no injury. Blood clots can form on their own with, within a blood vessel due to hypercoagulation, which requires medical treatment. The symptoms. Many of the symptoms of bruisings and blood clots can be quite similar, but certain types of clot can cause much more severe effects. Symptoms of bruising. Most bruises tend to create similar symptoms. The site of the bruise will appear reddish at first, then turn to a dark blue, purple, or a blackish color first few hours to days. A bruise will change color as it heals, typically getting lighter and more yellow until it fades completely. Bruises may be sore or painful to touch as they heal. As the marks for the bruises fade, the pain tends to fade away as well. Symptoms of a blood clot. Deep tissue blood clots or hematomas do not follow an exact pattern as they heal but may cause different symptoms depending on where they are in the body and which tissues they affect. Large hematomas that occur within muscles or organs often require medical treatment. Blood clots within blood vessels can block the flow of blood and oxygen to parts of the tissues. The obstruction can be life-threatening as it can cause severe damage or death to cells. Some examples of severe conditions that a thrombosis can cause include 1. A stroke, blood clot and any of the arteries going to the brain or within the brain itself. A heart attack, blood clot in an artery of the heart. Pulmonary embolism, a blood clot in, the, in an artery in the lung. Mesoteric ischemia, a blood clot in the artery to the intestines. Deep vein thrombosis or DVT, a blood clot in the deep vein most commonly in the leg. The symptoms of thrombosis may vary to the organ or tissues they affect and can include slurred speech, numbness or weakness on one side of the body, which are signs of a stroke, chest pain, shortnesses of breath, which can signify a heart attack or pulmonary embolism, abdominal pain, fever, blood in the stool, which are signs of a mesoteric ischemia, and leg pain, swelling, which are signs of a DVT. Anyone who thinks they are experiencing these symptoms of a thrombosis should seek immediate medical care. Risk factors. There are many risk factors for blood clots and bruises, some of which people can manage by making lifestyle changes. Risk factors for bruises. Bruises are relatively a common occurrence. Bumping into a hard surface is usually enough to cause a bruise. It may not take a significant impact, so sometimes the individual will not even remember how he got the bruise. Although most people get a bruise at some point, specific factors may increase the likelihood. Some drugs, including blood thinners, may lead to increased bleeding from blood vessels vessels after an injury. Therefore, there's more bruising. This can occur both in prescription blood thinners such as warfarin and over-the-counter drugs such as aspirin and fish oil supplements. Some vitamin deficiencies or bleeding disorders may also make a person more prone to bruising and bleeding, while aging tends to make the skin and blood vessels more fragile. There are certain medical conditions that can lead to abnormally low platelets or low clotting factors, which can result in 
unexplained bruising or bleeding. Risk factors for blood clots. Normal wound healing can involve blood clot formation. However, there are a large number of risk factors for other blood clots forming within the blood vessels. Genetic predisposition is a risk factor for abnormal blood clotting. People may be more likely to experience excessive blood clotting if they have a family history of dangerous blood clots or have previously had them themselves. According to the American Society of Hematology, other factors that may increase the risk include smoking, being pregnant, being over age 60, being overweight or obese, sitting or resting for extended periods, having hormone therapy, having had recent surgeries. Other disorders may also make blood clots more likely. Among others, these include chronic inflammatory disease, heart failure, high blood pressure, and diabetes. People who have experienced recent trauma, such as a fall or another accident, may also be at high risk. So it's something to take in. I mean, as disabled, we're not as mobile as we used to be. You know, we, we end up uh, in bed a lot. I know for myself, being in a wheelchair, it's a, it's a concern that I have, that my doctor has, and they check regularly. Plus the fact that I've already had two heart attacks and three strokes. So it's something to be aware of. Now, speaking of diabetes and obesity, I have another article here that might be of interest. It's a study being done at Penn State. It's how eating mushrooms can improve your blood sugar control. A new study looks at how eating common type of mushroom can affect your glucose or blood sugar regulation. The results may have implications for managing diabetes and other metabolic conditions such as obesity. Penn State researchers have recently conducted a study in mice. They wanted to investigate the effects of the white button mushroom as prebiotics. Prebiotics are substances often derived from the foods we ingest that support the activity of microorganisms in the gut, which can boost the growth of beneficial bacteria. In a mouse model, the scientists were able to map out how white button mushrooms modify the gut microbiota, ultimately leading to improved glucose regulation in the mice's system. Managing the glucose better has implications for diabetes as well as other metabolic diseases, said the study co-author Margarita Cantona. In diabetes, our bodies do not produce enough of the hormone insulin which helps to regulate blood sugar levels. Insulin helps to transfer glucose from the blood and into the cells to provide them with the energy. It also places excess glucose into storage, so to speak, so that it can be converted into energy as needed. The researchers wanted to see if the white button mushrooms can influence the production of glucose in the body, and if so, how. The report findings are in a paper now published by the Journal of Functional Foods. This article is going to be printed on the uh, webpage over at www.famousapple.com along with the other article about bruises and blood clots uh it'll be on the it'll be on the webpage on monday the 27th august 27th it'll be on the webpage for you to read yourself well it's just something to look at i happen to love mushrooms and they're low in calorie they're high in fiber hey white button mushrooms it, and it may help your blood sugar so that's something else to look at you might want to talk to your doctor about it and see what he says or she says and who knows as we find out more information more tips and tricks we'll share them with you here on an apple a day well thanks a lot for stopping by today Let, thanks for letting me talk to you and thanks for listening <laughs> i want to just remind you one thing things can always be worse there are people right now striving to be where you're at. So 
just remember, things can always be worse. When they seem like they're terrible and they can't go any further, just think, it can. It can. All right. Thanks a lot for checking in. Do me a favor. Subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating. Leave us a comment. Be part of the community. Okay. Thanks a lot for listening. I will talk to you at the beginning of next week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Have a great weekend. This is Jimmy Apple. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.